Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Across from me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. We are brought to you by Puncher's Chance Bourbon. Head to puncherschancebourbon.com to find yourself a bottle. Enjoy it during UFC fight night on Saturday. Enjoyed some on Saturday, this past Saturday night for this last UFC fight night as Clay Guido was... Yeah, and his, you, took his, a, you took it neat, I would assume. I did. That's what I, you told Bruce Buffer. I did drink it neat. I do. I do take it neat. It depends on the bourbon. Uh, but that bourbon, I did try. I try neat first. And then if it needs ice, if I feel like it mixes well, I'll mix it up a little bit to see like how it goes. But so far, Puncher's Chance is my favorite, just neat, just as is. And uh, it, uh, it it's a little better... Uh, on the pallet than uh, Clay Guida getting punched to the face 30 times. Yeah, not a great performance by Clay Guida. Obviously, it was an overshot by us. I mean, we talked about him at plus 200. Sometimes you back your guy. Stylistically, it was a good fight for him from wrestling and a stand-up, but you know, Rafa Garcia didn't tire. He usually does. He didn't, and he was getting the better of the exchanges. And, you know, quite frankly, Clay Guida did not look to establish his wrestling until maybe middle of the second round and one time in the third, and it was lethargic takedown of, you know, mm-hmm. attempts. But dude's 41 years old. He's been doing it forever. And, and then um, he pulled some BS in the post-fight. Yeah, about retiring, He's not taken retiring. off his gloves, and I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to—he's going to retire. He's going to retire. Like, he's taking—he's un- unwrapping the gloves, and I'm watching it with my wife, and she's like, what does that mean? Why is he unwrapping his gloves? And I'm like, he's going to put them down. And then he did the okey-doke and uh, did not. I'll tell you what, that is becoming a huge factor in, in the, the handicapping world and how you're, you're selecting fights. And it's, it's now blown up twice in my face over the last two weeks. We had Ed Herman, not released as an official pick, but I played Ed Herman against Zach Cummings. Uh, both guys retired. Yeah, but double Ed, retirement. Ed Herman retired, and you know he lost. And then uh, two weeks before, Steven Peterson was a pretty good favorite, dollar forty-five, dollar fifty, and after the fight, he retired, and he looked terrible in the fight. Mm-hmm. And it's it's on me now to add that to. When I'm handicapping fights, that element of oh, you is have this to. is this the last time we're going to see this individual? Who's going to tell me? Because some fighters are going to approach it completely differently. Like, hey, you know, this is the last time out. I got to go out and win. Other times, like, oh, I'm just I'm collecting a paycheck and here we go. I'm off to the next uh, opportunity. That seems very weird to me. That like, yeah, I'm just going to go get punched in the face for 15 minutes and then collect a paycheck. It's like, well, ah, I think also could just be a retire, thing. dude. Yeah, but maybe something's not happening in the first round. So yeah. then you're you're not pushing it to the metal, knowing that look, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So uh, it, it, and look, it makes sense. You know, we've we've been now handicapping and covering the UFC for over a decade. We're getting to the point where. People are entering their careers and, and calling it a career. Yeah. So certainly have to add that uh, as a factor. Although I and actually, quite frankly, there are like two fighters on this fight card oh, no. that you could throw into that category, and maybe <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, let's get into this card. It's UFC Fight Night. It's Sergey Pavlovich against Curtis Blades. That is our main event, the heavyweight division. We'll get to that in a little bit as our main card opens with what should be an explosive fight: Jeremiah Wells against Matthew Smellsberger. Uh, Smellsberger is minus one ten. Jeremiah Wells is minus one fifteen, and this one should be explosive. This one could be over uh, before the final uh, bell or buzzer, whatever they use, the weird like clapping thing when they tell you ten seconds is left. It's like usually two pieces of. Bread. 
brick yeah, or a brick yeah. or I mean wood. Wood, wood, yeah. two pieces of wood together. Yeah, they tell you when 10 seconds is left. But this one, the odds dictate it's going to be a close fight, and this one should be an explosive start to this UFC fight night. Yeah, I think it should be a virtual pick because I think both guys are kind of mirror images of each other. Both guys do uh, what they do well. Uh, and that's a stand-up. Both both guys extremely athletic and, and have very good stand-up. I think Semmelsberger, you know, has a little bit more length uh, and, and awkwardness to his striking that, that's very hard and, and difficult to come by and certainly mirror when you're in training camp. But Jeremiah Wells also, I think, has the knockout power uh, that Semmelsberger maybe doesn't have. Maybe Semmelsberger has a little bit more of the, the kicking variety than Jeremiah Wells has. And Jeremiah Wells is, is impressive. The fact that he came in on short notice and knocked out Worley Elvis in his UFC debut, you can't you know, bat an eye at that. And obviously three wins in the UFC. Semmelsberger also very impressive so far. I think his last performance against Jake Matthews, a guy, Jake Matthews, that was surging, uh, he stopped him. With these guys both being finishers, with these guys both not looking to utilize wrestling and utilize takedowns, I can go and understand uh, someone wanting to go either way with their selection. I'm actually going at the over. I think that despite the power, despite the finishing ability, I think Jeremiah Wells, between wins and losses, has nine finishes in 11 fights. And Semblinsberger, I think it's 11 finishes in, in 14 fights. I think because they mirror each other so well, they're going to want to establish stand-up. Um, I'm going to go with the over at one and a half, and quite frankly, maybe even look at two and a half, which is also, I believe, plus money at FanDuel right now, and look for one of the guys to win via the judges' scorecards. All right, yeah, one and a half is minus 175. I'm looking for over uh, two and a half years, plus 110 uh, on FanDuel right now. So over two and a half at plus 110, that's good money. And I, I get that because, like, you know, you don't want to, you know, step into a knockout punch. So you play both these guys looking a little bit more defensively maybe and then establishing themselves in the first round, maybe taking some extra swings in the second round. And then once we get to the third round, that's when you kind of leave everything out there, right? That's when you just go all and start throwing haymakers. So two and a half is good at plus 110 and also minus 175 uh, for over one and a half. If you want method of victory here, Semmelsberger to win by knockout is plus 275. And then Wells to win by knockout is plus 330. And the next one after that is Semmelsberger to win by decision, like you say. It, it goes over the total at plus 250 there. But we're just I mean, Semmelsberger, look. Look at his last, you know, uh, uh, four of his last five fights have gone to the judges' scorecards. The only time it did not, it was a, a, a squash fight against Martin Sano Jr., where Semmelsberger knocked him out in the first round. Outside of that, decision loss against K.S. Williams, decision win against A.J. Fletcher, decision loss against Alex Morano, decision win against Jake Matthews. So he's a guy that goes to the judges' scorecards, at least now facing, or facing stiffer competition in the UFC. The guy that's going to get the finish is likely Jeremiah Wells, who's got three UFC appearances and three finishes, including a very impressive finish of Court McGee, a guy that you know never got finished in his UFC career up until that point when he got knocked out by Jeremiah Wells. All right, we'll take the over there. I like it. Our next fight, this is an example of me. You took Clay Guida. You gave out Clay Guida. I'm going to take one of my guys here. I really like Jared Gordon. I really like the way he fights. He's obviously uh, in the fight camp with uh, Bilal Muhammad, friend of the podcast here, uh, who might have a fight coming up here. We never know. But he is a plus 200 underdog to Bobby Green at minus 265. The last time we saw uh, 
Jared Gordon, he probably should have won against Patty Pimblett. Like he 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 was winning that fight. He probably should have won that fight. But like even even Dana White kind of looked at the decision and was like, mm, "Patty's gonna What's win." What's going on here? Like yeah. Patty's gonna win. Like they listen. That was set up for Patty Pimblett to win. He's obviously injured now. He's not gonna fight for a few more months. Um, but you've got Bobby Green here minus two sixty five and Jared Flash Gordon at plus two hundred. What do you think of this one? Am I right in backing my guy here? One of my guys. I don't have a lot it's, of guys. It's a tough, it's a tough matchup for yeah, Jared okay. Gordon because right. just I, I think that Bobby Green has advantages everywhere. He's got very good boxing, very good slick movement, rolls off of punches, uh, very good takedown defense, and, and and very strong cardio for a guy at 36 years of age. I think the, the the thing that I worry about with Bobby Green, especially him being a sizable favorite against Jared Gordon is how is he going to do bouncing off of the knockout loss that he just suffered Mm -hmm. uh, at the hands of Drew Dober and Drew Dober hits like a Mack truck. I mean, that guy knocks out almost everybody. So it's not that shocking Mm -hmm. that Bobby green was knocked out. But if you look and go back to the money, to the handicapping of that fight, uh, Bobby green was a very popular underdog as well as the over at two and a half was extremely popular as well because of, again, that fluidity in, in boxing. Uh, that that Bobby Green has, so I think that's a concern with Bobby Green. Outside of that, he's a very favorable matchup for Jared Gordon. And I he's hate also to say a it. sacrificial lamb for Islam Makachev. <laughs> yes, he was. Like yes, he one, was. Like that one. Like you short notice. You okay, you're it. like, all right, I yeah, get that. You'll, you'll do I get that. that. You'll do that. And you look. You are absolutely right. That Jared Gordon did enough to, to defeat Patty Pimblett. I, I love that guy's story. The fact that look, he came over, uh, you know, a, a prescription pain medicine addiction, and, and a guy that overdosed several times. He was looking at jail time righted his life, righted the ship, and now has had an established career in the UFC. And quite frankly, the storylines that picked him up when he was fighting Chris Fishgold back at uh, at Fight Island when, um, oh my God, what's his name? How can I not think of his name? Dana White. No, no, Paul, the, the, <laughs> the Irish Dragon. Um, okay. Paul Felder. Yes. Who's good buddies with yeah. Chris Fishgold was, call, was the anal- analyst for his fight but because Jared Gordon's like entire uh, corner man got COVID, uh, he had to go. The, the Irish Dragon, Paul Feller, had to go not call the fight and go and corner him. Yeah, in a suit. Mm-hmm. Like it was great. Hey man, it was great. Whatever, and he got the win. Island, it's COVID. Whatever and works. Jared Gordon got the win. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that Bobby Green is going into my parlay. I oh. think he's just overall just just I'm not siding and believing All in the right. fact that he's gonna the rails have come off. Especially against a guy against you know like Drew Dober, so I think that he's gonna do well, shine very well in this fight against uh, you know someone like Jared Gordon. Bobby Green by knockout is plus three fifty. Bobby Green to win by decision minus one ten. So that's actually the favorite uh, of method of victory. So Vegas believes that this one goes the distance over two and a half is minus two sixty five for this one. And then if you want Jared Gordon to win by decision, uh, that is plus three fifty. Yeah, I here. just I just don't think that either either one of the guys is is, is knockout uh, you know capabilities or is susceptible to the knockout. Despite again the fact that I understand Bobby Green just got knocked out. I think that because of the way that that's handy capped at the over two and a half you're thinking someone's going to the judges scorecards and likely it'll be the boxing and the takedown defense that does enough to warrant Bobby Green the win so at a dollar 10 at the judges scorecards certainly worth a look I'm going to put him in the parlay uh, but I'm also going to sprinkle outside the parlay yeah do what you got to do he's my guy yeah that's my guy come on I like him
He's my guy. Our next fight, Brad Tavares against Bruno Silva. Uh, Silva plus 140, the underdog. Brad Tavares minus 180 on FanDuel. Tavares has been out of action since he lost to uh, Dresus Duplessis last July. Um, And he had won six out of his last eight before that loss. So he's six out of his last nine. And uh, right now, you've got Silva, who's also on a two-fight uh, slide as well. So if you look at this one, how do you see this one? This one, you know, middleweights, this could be a good fight. The odds would dictate that it's going to be a good fight, but two guys in losses here. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, and, and how did the injury, because an injury prevented Brad Tavares from fighting in January against Gregory Rodriguez. I mean, he's been in the UFC forever. Very impressive, and probably, thankfully, uh, to himself and the matchmakers that he's not fighting, you know, an up-and-comer. You look at, you know, fights against uh, Dreykus Duplessis, as you mentioned, Edmund Shabazian, Israel Adesanya. I mean, the guy was being fed to the wolves by these up-and-comers kind of as that gatekeeper. Like, all right, is this opponent of Brad Tavares worthy of a top 15, top 10 ranking? Very good kickboxer, good calf kicks. I think he's got very good cardio as well as some very good takedown defense. Uh, And I just don't know what Bruno Silva is going to show up. This is a guy that I think was very impressive when he got to the UFC, had a couple of uh, finishes over – well, the Beverly Hills, the ninja, everybody finishes that guy. But Andrew Sanchez, also <laughs> extremely so impressive. Whatever. The guy gets finished all the time. He does. He, he does. does. He and does. it's great. He's an entertaining fighter. Uh, and look, uh, I, I picked him kind of going on a, on a limb a little bit, but I picked him to beat Alex Pereira. And, uh, and look, no one understood the level that Alex Pereira was going to get to when he fought Bruno Silva. And I thought Bruno Silva was going to utilize a little bit of the wrestling and a little bit of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu that – was a part of his upbringing. But the guy just goes in there and tries to throw hands and, and be a brawler, except when he didn't do that the last time out against GM3, Jared Mearshart, and was tentative against a guy that's not a striker, that's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, black belt. So um, I think, I, I, look, I don't know how to handicap this fight because early on in the week I was on Bruno Silva thinking he's going to be the right guy and he's going to establish you know, his striking and dictate where the fight goes, but just Brad Tavares, his savviness, his veteranship that, that he's been in the UFC forever. I'm going to go with Brad Tavares. He's, the, he's just the better overall fighter, and Bruno Silva just not trustworthy enough to believe in, especially after his last fight against Jordan Urshark. Parlay at minus 180 or just straight up at minus 180? Uh, what's no straight up? Okay, straight up minus one eighty. All right, our method of victory here. First of all, the over is set at two and a half at minus one hundred five. Under is minus one twenty five. Uh, the odds here: Tavares to win by decision, dictating the uh, the over there at plus. 175, and then you've got Bruno Silva to win by knockout at plus 215, and then at 3-1 to one, you've got Tavares to win by knockout. Anything enticing there? I, I think that Brad Tavares, via decision, he's just going to outwork Bruno Silva, you know, maybe work in some takedowns, but uh, avoid damage, and Brad Tavares is also a very, very difficult guy to finish. I understood stand that, you know, Alex uh, or, excuse me, Israel Adesanya did it, but Israel Adesanya does that to almost everybody. Uh, we saw how talented he is, so I, I think that that's... Actually, you know what? I, I apologize. I'm forgetting. I, Adesanya didn't knock him out. Mm-mm. Edmund Shabazian knocked him out with a head kick. Israel Adesanya wasn't able to knock him out, so I think it's a decision, but a decision win for Brad Tavares. 
Our main event, the big boys, the heavyweights, number three and four in the heavyweight ranking. Sergey Pavlovich is number three right now. He's actually the underdog in this fight at plus 135. Curtis Blades, the fourth-ranked heavyweight in the division right now behind John Jones, Cyril Gaon, and Sergey Pavlovich is minus 170 to win this fight. Pavlovich enters on a five-fight winning streak. Blades has won three straight and eight out of his last nine. The winner here, assuming there's not a rematch between John Jones and Cyril Gann, there might be the winner of this fight. Why would why would there be a rematch between those two guys? Why not? John Jones finished them in a round. Okay, do you don't want to listen? UFC loves rematches. They love it. <laughs> not 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 after getting dominated. They love it. In one I would round. Say, it was think, one takedown and a submission. He's currently still ranked second. All I'm saying the, is you're going to put if you're going to put up one and two. If you're going to put up one and two. If you're going to put up one and two against each other. So the winner of this fight, according to Jordan Sherwood, you hear this first, will take on John Jones in a heavyweight title match at UFC. 290. Let's <laughs> just, just, oh, just, just throw out a number. It. You heard no, it here first. Stipe fighting John Jones. Okay, then 295. Let's call it that one. You in? Is that will that be this year? Maybe next year? I don't know. Anyway, this fight here should be a good one. The odds dictate it could be a good one. I love watching Curtis Blades fight. This should be a fun fight. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, well, first and foremost, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get more out of Blades' last fight because he, you know, he he stopped Tom Aspinall, but Tom Aspinall, you know, tore his ACL yeah. uh, 15 seconds into the fight. So it would have been very interesting to see Blades' stand-up versus Aspinall's stand-up and then Blades' wrestling versus Aspinall's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Obviously, we did not get that. So, look, Blades is the benefactor. He's now won three fights in a row. Looks like the Derek Lewis knockout is 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 well behind him. And what we know about Curtis Blades is, look, he's probably the best takedown artist we have in the, in the UFC's heavyweight division. He can go hard for five rounds, get those double legs, and when he gets on top of you, it is a nightmare for for people to 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 get up and, and get out of that. He's a, there's a reason why he's called Razor Blades is because those elbows are absolutely lethal. Sergey Pavlovich. Stumbled out of the gates in his UFC debut, but who wouldn't being fed to the Wolves against Alistair Overeem when Overeem was still very, very impressive and at the top of the uh, the heavyweight division. But since that point, it's been, what, five first-round finishes for Mr. Pavlovich, mm-hmm. including the knockouts of Tai Tuivasa and Derek Lewis. And what we know, or you know, UFC fans haven't seen, but what we know out of the background from Sergey Pavlovich is that he's got that Sambo background, and he's very good at keeping the fight standing. So, for me, I like the dog in this fight Ooh. right now. I think that over you know, 25 minutes, five rounds, we have seen Curtis Blades get knocked out three times during his UFC career, albeit against the Black Beast and Francis Ngannou. But I'm hard-pressed to say that Sergey Pavlovich also does not hit Close to, if not similar, that's the same, to those two guys. <laughs> Am I right? He's a powerful yeah. puncher. He's oh, a yeah. knockout artist. Absolutely. He's knocking out guys. And, and, and look, so Curtis Blades is not going to want to mess around at all. He's going to want to get this fight to the ground mm-hmm. and, and get you know and control Pavlovich there and see what happens when, when you take Sergey into deep water. But I think the surging guy, the new guy, the fresh meat, if you will, the five-fight win streak with all knockouts in the first round, Give me Sergey Pavlovich straight up on the money line. All right, Pavlovich to win by knockout is plus 175. Blades to win by knockout is the odds-on favorite, according to Vegas, at minus 115. And the under in this fight at one and a half 
is minus 140. So they think this is going to be over with quick, yeah, I just, very quickly. I just, I, I think then, fine. If you think it's going to be over quickly and you're lending towards that one and a half, then it's, I believe it's going to be Pavlovich. Yeah. I believe it. And so then you take him by knockout as opposed to straight up, let's see, plus 140 on the money line. So plus 170. Mm-hmm. You're getting a little bit more uh, coin there. And, I and yeah, I get the the the, the favorite is blades by knockout, but it, that blades by knockout because he's he's getting ground control when he's landing at you know a TKO with ground and pound. And I'm not I, until I see it until I see Pavlovich struggle with with takedowns and keeping fights uh, from going to the ground. Uh, I, even as good as Curtis Blades is as a takedown artist. I think Pavlovich just needs one punch to, to to change the direction of the fight. And that's what I like to see from the big guys. Like, like this should be an entertaining fight, and it should be a good one. We're going with Pavlovich, plus 135 is the underdog. Uh, we only got one fight in our uh, parlay right now. Anything in the prelims we should Junior Tafa against uh, Mohamed Usman. I understand, you know, look, the lineage of Usman, the guy that was on the Ultimate Fighter, but we haven't seen him yet utilize any wrestling or any like kind of overround game. He's kind of a club, uh, you know, and brawl type of guy. And Junior Taffa has a very, very impressive kickboxing background. And I think that he's going to be able to get a favorable matchup and a favorable fight and knock out Muhammad Usman. So let's add Junior Taffa to that mix. All right, so it's only a two-fight parlay, but it pays plus 152 on FanDuel, and that's Bobby Green and Junior Taffa. So, you know, bet 100, win 150, bet 10, win $15, however you want to bet. But that's our parlay, just a two-leg parlay on FanDuel and our picks, the Wells-Semmelberger fight. Over one and a half at minus one seventy five. Also over two and a half at plus one ten. Tavares minus one eighty, and then Pavlovich, the underdog in the main event, at plus one thirty five. So that should be it. Should be an entertaining uh, UFC fight night here on Saturday night in Vegas. Uh, so should be a good one here. He's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN one thousand. Get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. Some NBA playoffs are going on. You've got baseball going on. Jack has been hot this last week, so make sure you get those picks and all of Jordan's picks at FatJackSports. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And of course, the Unnamed MMA podcast is brought to you by Punchers Chance Bourbon. Head to PunchersChanceBourbon.com to find your bottle wherever you do your liquor shopping. It's great. Neat. If you put some ice in it. I'm not a judge. It's like it's like hot dogs to me, Jordan. Like, I don't care what you put. I'm not one of these Chicago people that's like, you can't put something on your hot dog. If you want to put ketchup on your hot dog, that's you. It's not my taste buds. It's not my hot dog. You eat whatever you want to eat. If you want to put ice in your bourbon, if you want to put a couple drops of water to open up the flavor, that's fine too. If you want to mix it in a Manhattan or an old-fashioned, you do whatever you want to. I'm just telling you that I like my puncher's chance neat. That's how I like it. I mean, I, I don't equate the two similar, <laughs> I mean, especially with a hot dog. Well, no, because there are there are bourbon snobs out there that say you can only have it neat. That's how it's supposed to be. You let it air out a little bit maybe if you want to, but you're supposed to drink it neat and how dare you water down your (laughs) bourbon with ice or a couple drops of water to open up the flavors a little more. How dare you? Just the same that if you go out and you put ketchup on a hot dog. People are like, how dare you put ketchup on a hot dog? I don't care what you do. Enjoy it however you you want to. You do you. As long as you're enjoying Puncher's Chance Bourbon, I don't care how you enjoy it because it goes great in anything. It mixes well. It's good on the rocks. My favorite is neat with this specific bourbon, my favorite is neat. It would have been better with a Clay Guido win. It would have been much better with a Clay Guido win at like plus 225 or whatever it was that we had it. It would have been great. But uh, you know what? As long as the bourbon is good and flowing, uh, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with good fights and good bourbon. So thank you for listening to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Thanks for listening.